guys welcome back to unbreakable latina this is your host melina i hope you're having an amazing day whatever day you're listening to this on i feel like it's been a long time since i've actually talked to you guys because last week i recorded the episode with chantel we just got right into it i did do like a small intro just to introduce the episode and let you guys know that it was gonna be a part one and part two but I haven't caught you guys up with life. Anyways, um, if you listened to the first episode of the year, I was extremely sick and I thought I was on the road to recovery, but it got worse after the episode came out. And finally, I feel like myself again. Um, last week was probably the last week that I felt sick. So this cold took me out, what, two and a half weeks? Pero no pasa nada, oiga. We're out here trying to echarle ganas. And I kind of wanted to come on here and let you guys know what I've been up to. So I've been keeping a secret from you guys. I'm just kidding. But I did go on a date on the first week of the year. I said, first of all, I went under the table and I was like, this year is the year of love. So I'm going to say yes to dates and stuff. I went on a date the first Friday of the year when I was sick. And I kind of wanted to cancel, but at the same time, I was like, no, like, I already said I was going to go, like, you're fine. Because <laughs> after that is when I was, like, extremely sick. So I matched with this guy on Hinge, and we had matched before, pero nunca salió nada. Like, we never planned a date, and I don't know, the conversation just died. So this time, I was like, hey, you look familiar. I think we've matched before. He's like, oh, yeah, but you never gave me a chance. Anyways, we... We exchanged numbers, we were talking back and forth, and he called me, and I thought it was cool, because I like when I have a conversation before I actually go in person, because I've had where I don't do that, and then I get to the date, and the person doesn't even like to talk. Well, this person and I had good, like, chemistry on the phone, and I was like, all right, like, he, he seems cool. So I got to the date, he made reservations, he drove all the way from LA to here in the IE, so I was like perfect everything's going well went to the date on the day like he he seemed nervous so he was like talking a lot and you guys know me you hablo mucho but it felt like he was talking a lot about himself then again I was sick so I didn't really have energy to like talk more so I was just listening and like laughing and he's like I really want to see you again and previously he had told me like oh we should go somewhere after dinner but when dinner finished he didn't say anything, so I just grabbed my coat. I'm like, all right, you're ready to go. And then we started both walking towards the cars. But then when I got home, he's like, oh, my God, you were in a rush to get home. Like, I still wanted to hang out. And in my head, I'm like, well, I'm dying sick. And also, he didn't say anything. So I told him, well, you didn't say anything. So I thought you were ready to go home. You also have, like, a kind of a far drive. So I can't read your mind. The weekend came. He had to work on the weekend. The conversation kind of died, but then he kept saying, like, oh, I want to see you again, I want to see you again, and I, I'd be down to see him again, but then he would call me, and he'd just be, like, quiet and very short, and it felt like he just wanted someone to talk to, like, after work, so then the conversation kind of died, and I hadn't said anything about the day because I, he knew that I have a podcast, he was very supportive, but... Like, I don't know, this was, like, I was excited for the date before, and then after the date happened, I mean, I, obviously I was sick, but at the same time, he was kind of very just, I want to keep you on the phone, but didn't really talk on the phone. I don't know, it was weird. 
And he said a couple things that just, I don't know. He kind of complained about where I lived. He's like, oh, yeah, it's not like I could just get up and take you out to eat when you live so far away. And that just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, sir, you knew where I lived when we started talking. So why are you complaining now? And then when he continued to text me, he would text me like if I was Twitter. He'd text me like, hey, I'm at the gym. Just finished my workout. Sauna felt so good. Going to work now. And I'm over here like, I don't need to know your every second of the day, sir. Like, I hate when people text like that. <laughs> so slowly but surely, I stopped texting and I was just like, thought to myself, I don't even like this person. Like, why am I entertaining it? One thing about me is that I always exchange Instagrams with people that I go on dates with just because I feel like I am going to judge you based on your social media. And there's been so many times where that has saved me from going on a date because you start seeing like what type of content do they post or what type of people they follow, what kind of pages or how active are they in, on social media. Not that there's anything wrong with being active on social media, but there's a difference of like when people are, are being weird or things that don't align with you. So I exchange social media, but when I, it doesn't work out with whoever I went on a date with, I remove them. Am I weird for that? I don't know. But I just don't think it's necessary to keep someone around like that it never worked out with. I give them a trial. I tell my mom, I give them a free trial, free two-week trial. And if it doesn't work out after two weeks, then bye. So on Monday, Angela came over. We did our vision boards. And one thing that we both agreed on is that last year, we didn't really put anything about our love lives on our vision boards or our social life we stayed home a lot i mean we did do stuff but we want to get out more we want to get outside and we were talking and just getting like really in deep conversation about the meaning of life and she was telling me about how if i've seen videos of people talking about near-death experiences where their life flashes before their eyes and those are the moments that are worth living for and I started thinking about how this last year you guys know I kind of had like a rough year because of the health scare that I had and I found myself being at home a lot even though I did do stuff it's not like me to be home this much so this year the theme is getting outside and I want to just make my life worth the little moments, right? So I felt inspired by that conversation that I went on TikTok and recorded a video just saying that life is short, that I'm single, I'm 33, and I just need to get outside and make connections with people. And let me tell you, there was a lot of people that agreed with me that have been the same way. And I talked about how the pandemic stole a couple years from us and I want those years back. But the comments about me saying I'm 33 and I have no children and I'm single, I was dragged, especially by the male species on the internet. And they were calling me all sorts of names that you're HOE and that you're ran through and that you're going to expire. It was insane. And no one ever prepared me for the men bullying me in my comments all the time. Especially on TikTok, it hadn't really happened. It was the first time that it happened on TikTok. On Instagram, it happens all the time. 
But I got so tired of all these fools, like, just going in my comments that I went on there and put, like, the anti-bullying comment protection and keywords. And I started blocking all these guys. And it was insane. It's always the guys with, like, the car um, picture with a fake name or the guys flexing and just like dragging me saying that I'm picky that I'm this and that I'm like damn like I really asked for that just making a video telling people to get outside of the life is short <laughs> I guess it's the way I started it but anyways I was getting bullied all week um that I just started blocking all these guys so on my vision board I put like something in regards to making connections with people and the other day I went to Pilates and one of the girls that I always see there and I'm so terrible with names we've introduced each other before and she's like oh my god like you didn't come last time and we were like catching up and I was telling her how I was sick and she's like I got sick too and we exchanged numbers so I made a friend I'm so proud of myself so the other day I didn't go and she's like yeah I missed you today why didn't you come and I don't know it just made me happy that I'm making connections with people and I'm definitely getting outside this weekend I went to Temecula with my friend her husband and her brother-in-law and we had a good time we had a good time it was pouring rain I got a little buzzed and I came home and passed out <laughs> but it was nice to get out and just not be home and make connections with people so I'm already off to a good start this year oh by the way I signed up for speed dating so it's gonna be next month <laughs> I can't wait to um I want to try to film a video I don't know if I can because I do work that day and I have to go right after but I want to film a video just showing you guys uh, the process of me getting to speed dating. Like, I'm kind of nervous yet a little excited, but I don't know what it's going to be like. So stay tuned for that. I also want to let you guys know that I did put in an order for Unbreakable Latina embroidered beanies. They look really cute, so hopefully I have them soon. I actually sent the payment today and... They should start working on them tomorrow, so I can't wait to get them. I hope that you guys enjoy this part two of sexual health with Chantel. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow me at Unbreakable Latina on TikTok and on Instagram. Don't forget to give five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Because the more you do, the closer I am to retiring and being a full-time podcaster. So I can get all you guys on the podcast <laughs> and go on world tour, okay? So have a good day. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Okay, another question we got is, I don't enjoy giving oral sex. How can I try to enjoy? It. I would like to please my partner. Okay. Um, I think I would ask the question, what is it about it that I don't enjoy? Right? What kind of turns me off about the idea? And so first you have to ask yourself and do that self-reflection. So if it's like taste, I just don't like the taste of it, right? Or oh my god, it just makes me like I can't really put it in my mouth. I don't know, right? There's lotions for that. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yes, there is. And so, um, you know, you can definitely say like, oh, okay, can you like clean it first? Or can we take a shower first? And sh I say showers because showers are a real good way to like get the party started. <laughs> get the party started, you know? Um, so I think, but that's not always doable. It's not always doable, so it happens. But I get it. Like, if you're kind of turned off by the smell and stuff like that, you can kind of work your way into it. Um, you can also use your hands so that you don't have, like, you don't have to. Okay, this is where porn, <laughs> this is where porn's like, 
oh my gosh, like you gotta do the deep throat stuff, right? You gotta like put it all in your mouth. And it's like, you can use your hand. You don't have to put it all in there. Do what you can. Do what you feel comfortable with. And if you absolutely don't want to, then don't do it. But this person is saying, I want to try because I want to please my partner. So find ways to find that pleasurable or yeah. to do it. And, and, and you don't have to do it for a long time, right? Maybe just do it as starting off. So what I found is that Mm, okay, okay, we're getting personal. <laughs> we're getting personal. My husband's gonna be like, "Oh, Chatel, did you just share?" He's not gonna watch. I know, right? So, um, he will. He will watch. Yeah. It. Um, so okay, he'll be like, "I'm so turned on by this already." So, like, you can stop now. We can let's move this on. <laughs> and so, like, it's a really good way to turn your partner on. And they might. It's not like they're expecting you maybe to help them come in that way and and if you don't want to swallow please don't do it like you do not have to do that um it's not necessary if you want to go ahead that's that's your choice but it's not for everyone let me tell you um so like so going back to the how do i get myself to enjoy it start off slow right start off with like you know asking is it the body odor stuff? Is it like the hair? Is it what is it about it that I don't like? Where are those thoughts coming from? And can I start to challenge some of those negative ideas, right? And so, and then you go for it. And then try it. Like tell your partner, you know, it's something that I'm willing to work on. Can we do it for a little bit? Can I just try it a little bit for a little while just to get myself like kind of progressively into it? And then take it slow. Like, you don't have to do the full, you know, everything. Todo con practica. Absolutely. <laughs> and let me tell you, when you start seeing your partner, like, being pleased, like, when you start seeing your partner's, like, really into it, I'm, I don't know about you, but it gets me into it. I'm like, damn, I'm good. I'm like, <laughs> That's damn, I'm okay. <laughs> like, damn, I'm good, huh? Oh, gosh. And so I feel like that kind of turns you on when you see your partner turned on. And then vice versa, like, your partner, my husband would tell me all the time, like, it turns me on to see you turned on. And I'm like, I like it. I feel it. like a lot of men like that. They do. They get, they get off on, on that. <laughs> mm-hmm, they do. Yeah. All right. Another question we got. What are signs that your partner may be selfish during sex? How can I tell them? Okay. So the only thing that I can think of is somebody who is, like, making you feel bad for not doing something. Right? Mm-hmm. And so... What was that? Wait. No, was that I question? think this one is, what are signs that your partner may be selfish? Maybe they're getting off and, like, you're not finished. Oh, okay, okay, got it, got it. Okay, so, well, yeah, that's one thing, right? Like, they're only thinking about them finishing. Themself, yeah. And, and so... I've heard stories of people like, oh, yeah, well, he got his and I didn't get mine, or she got hers <laughs> and I didn't get mine. Mm-hmm. But, like, thankfully, in my previous partners, like, it's always been equal yeah oh that's good because that doesn't always happen right and i want to also throw that out there like it's it's not always that you're gonna get you're not always gonna get at the same time like that's not gonna happen but it's like taking turn can we do that and sometimes you know we're not sometimes we're not gonna get it you know sometimes we're not gonna we're not gonna reach that climax and that's okay too i think we're so focused on the orgasm part like oh my god i have to i have to and, and it's if like I don't, if i don't it's like it oh my didn't god. happen it didn't happen i'm not a good partner or oh my god something's wrong but with me and it's like that's not really true i feel like this one it sounds like this person is saying that it's like something constant it's not like just a one-time thing right. it's like where 
you just want to get yours and you don't care about me. Mm-hmm. So and how do you bring that up? I would say, I would share that, right? I Like, I feel, and and, and identify how you feel mm-hmm. about it. Because you, I felt like, oh, I felt used, right? So I've shared with my partner, hey, I feel used when you, you know, you come already and everything and then you're done and, and you're moving forward and you're moving on and I'm here like, what about me? Like, this experience Don't forget that, about like, me. Don't forget it's about a, me. Exactly. Or, like, you didn't take your time with me or mm-hmm. you didn't take your time to, like, turn me on but you were already ready to go and it's like, I don't work like that. Right? Like, I don't I don't work like that. And so, I can't just turn it off and I'm turned on. Sometimes. Sometimes, no. And so, bring up what you're actually feeling not like oh my gosh you always do this you're so selfish not in, in like a confrontational right. aggressive Accusatory. way no 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 like attacking the person's not gonna help and maybe not right after that either oh yeah um, find yeah. the right time yeah. exactly not like, please don't do it during sex yeah naked. <laughs> you're naked yes. you're like um you don't finish me <laughs> do it before yeah, yeah do it at the appropriate time and and communicate to that person to your partner like i feel this way when and then identify like give the example of what they do do they just like come and then they're like okay i'm done and i move on and then like no cuddling like you know what i mean like sometimes we need that just to feel that comfort to feel like it wasn't just about sex and then you moved on um or what i also hear is like the one person's willing to give oral sex and the other person's like not even like at all it's totally out of the question you know and, and it's okay if like if it's not a big deal to you, like, no problem. Yeah, Fine, but okay. if it's important to you, then... But if it's an important part of the experience, you're like, oh, but I really do enjoy that. And I enjoy maybe giving it back, too. It's like, it's going to feel selfish if you're like, I really want that something I want and I'm not getting it. It's okay. Like, it doesn't make the other person a bad person. No, it's just not their preference. It's just not a, their preference. And it's not yours either. <laughs> so I would say definitely, like, communicating how you how it makes you feel. And what makes you say that they're selfish? Like, what are some of the things that they do? And if they're a good partner, they're going to be receptive to it. And they're going to be like, I didn't realize I was doing that. I'm so sorry. How can we find a way so that you don't feel like that again? The question we got, is it normal to get dried down there during sex, like suddenly? My boyfriend always tells me that I get wet, then dry. Tips, please. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, definitely have had clients tell me this, too, where it's just like, they're like, I'm excited. I was into it. And then all of a sudden, I got super dry. And I'm like, okay, so we got to figure out what's happening. And like I said, we're very much in our head sometimes when it comes to sex. So I would ask first, is there something stopping you? Like, what's bringing on the brakes? Right. And sometimes, you know what? You can be really into it, but you're just dry. Like, it happens. There's products for that. <laughs> There's products for that, absolutely. But there is a lot of shame from people like, oh, why do I have to use that? Um, I'm young. I should still be able to get wet. I should still be able to do this. And it's like, you know, shoulds, let's kind of do away with that because it's more of like, well, what's going to enhance your experience, you know? Sometimes you're going to, you know, be able to like self-lubricate and sometimes you're not. A lot of the times you need to ask yourself, like, am I in my head right now? Like, what is happening? You could be st- out, like, stressed. Mm-hmm. You could be stressed out. You could be worried about something you have yeah. cooking or something. Yes. Anything. And I've noticed that men are very much, like, 
I want to know that you're wet because it makes me feel like you're turned on. Mm-hmm. But like I could be turned on and not be and not be like having a flood going down now. You know what I mean? And so that's so so important for us to know. And in that book that I was reading, right, Come As You Are, uh, she talks about that non-concordance where it's like our genitals might be responding to something, but we're not turned on. Or we are turned on and our generals are not responding, right? So that and the, the wiring, like, so yes. <laughs> and so that's perfectly common, very normal, nothing to be like super alarmed. But as we do get older, you know, menopause and stuff like that might affect it. Um, and if if it's like vaginal dryness and then it hurts, like if there's pain, if there's like burning, then go see a doctor. Like that's when it's like, okay, you gotta go see a doctor just to make sure. I always go to a doctor and make sure, run your tests, make sure everything's good. Advocate for yourself. Advocate Very important. Yourself. Very important. Absolutely. But there is lubricants. There are things like that. Maybe you need a little bit more time in foreplay. Like, if that really helps you, then why not? And so, learning what you like, learning that you can always get tools, things that will help you, um, like lubrication. And it doesn't mean that that person's not turning you on. You can be very turned on. It just means that you're just not getting wet. And that's okay. What is normal in terms of pubic hair? Whatever hair you started growing, that's normal. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just I depends mean, what you're into. It just depends on, yeah. And I'm, and I'm wondering, like, is this person talking about their own pubic hair? Like, I'm assuming. Right? Like, it's that's what I... That's, I got a, a few questions like that. Mm-hmm. Like, should I shave? Should I not shave? Mm-hmm. It's really up to you. It's really up to you. And I feel like... Um, I mean, porn. <laughs> porn. <laughs> porn. We'll have it be like, oh my god, your vagina looks so cute. Like, your yeah. vulva looks so cute. And, like, they're shaved or they have, like, a little cut, like a little diamond. It's like <laughs> shaped into your, the initials of your partner. <laughs> exactly. And I it's mean, like, if you want to do all that, you can, but it's really what you're comfortable with. Yes. And no one should shame you for if you want to let it grow, if you want to take it yes. off, if you want to leave a little landing strip. I think, yeah. Anything, right? It's Whatever just, is your preference. It, everybody has different preferences. Like, everybody does but it's up to you of what you want you're gonna and this goes for men too right Mm -hmm. because men also you know they have like the groom they they groom down there as well um and so it's like you're the one that's gonna be doing the upkeep you're the one that's gonna be doing the maintenance so you can find a partner that matches like your style matches your energy if you (laughs) want to go on and there's a lot of men that don't care and there's a lot of women that don't care either so it's like it's really up personal to you, your personal yeah. preference. Um, there's no ra- wrong answer here. Why is sex important in a relationship? Should it be daily? Should it not? Why? <sighs> should should right? <laughs> should have cut it with a dinner. Um, daily. I feel like it really depends on the desire of both people. But personally, I feel like daily is like such a very very high expectation. And Taz, I mean, if people are, are both in the sexual desire to do that, go for it. But what I found is that people have different sexual desires. And there's so many other factors. So, like, if you had a long day at work, if you've been working long hours, if you have children, if, if you're traveling a lot, if uh, you're feeling sick, if you're... There's so many things. So like, many it's like factors. working out. Sometimes you just don't feel like doing you it. You just don't feel like doing or it. Or cooking or anything. It's like anything in life. Exactly. It's like, 
But um, how often do you think people should have it? <clears throat> just depends on your schedule. I, I think like, it right? depends on you and your desire, like you and your partner's desire. Um, and if we're, we're talking, if we're talking about relationships, you know, it's like you have another person to consider. And so it's not just about like, oh, I want to have it every day. Sometimes we're mismatched. Like it's just not, it's just a mismatch in sense of like, how do we meet in the middle where it's just like, okay, maybe we can have it as often as I want to, or, Hey, you know, we're not going to have it like once a month or once a year. It's like, we want to have it more Then you guys need to talk about that and figure out what works for us. And also be flexible because there's going to be times where maybe there's a week where it's like, it's just possible the frequency can go up. And then there's other times where it's just like, you guys are really going through it in terms of like external stuff and it's not going to be possible. And so no shaming that and don't get so caught up in the frequency. Don't get caught up in the frequency. Like, oh my God, we have to do it this many times just because my it's friend's on the schedule. Oh my God, or it's on the schedule, yeah. Or because my friend said that, you know, my friend said that they have sex like two times a week, three times a week, or almost every day, or whatever. It's like, you know what? Not everybody tells the truth, okay? Yeah. But also, <laughs> do what works for you because your lifestyle is going to be different than somebody else's. Why is it important to have sex in a relationship? Mm. Um, because it's part of ourselves, like connection. This is so yes, connection, and it's a part of ourselves that we can't deny it. Like we can't just be like, oh, well, I'm not. Like that's not a sexual part of me. And some people will try to tell themselves that they're not because I haven't had sex for a while. Or I've never had sex, or or I just don't give into that part of myself. But that is a part of yourself, nonetheless. Exactly. Hey, I'm telling you, you know, people are happier when we're having orgasms, you know what I mean? Um, and just having that sexual pleasure and to have that connection with somebody else, like a partner. And and I think as people get older, they start to tell themselves that sex isn't like, oh, I don't need that. Like, I'm older already. That's, you know, I don't need to be doing that. But it's like, no, like, we can be 60, 70 years old. And we can still be having sex, people. Like, that part of us doesn't go away. I used to have a boss that was very mm-hmm. open about his sexual life. Oh, okay. And it's crazy. When you're older, it's like more... I feel like a lot of the older people are more active than they thought they were going to be. Yeah. Because you can't get pregnant anymore. I know. <laughs> and just, like, they're it's just changed. very open about it. Because Absolutely. I, I guess with uh, with age comes wise. <laughs> and, I think, and I think they just don't care anymore. Like, they're just kind of like, like well, I'm not going to get stuck in all these things about, like, like myself. being shamed for it or whatever. If I'm towards the end of my life, I'm going to be like, I don't care what anybody tells me. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. And so that's probably where it comes from, too. But I want people to understand that sex is important because it's a part of you. And also, it's another form of connection, not just with yourself, but with another person. Like, it can really enhance the intimacy. And when we write it off... It's like, how am I going to know my partner to a fuller, deeper extent if I'm not also engaging in those ways? But that takes very mature people, communication, safety, consent. Everything. (laughs) All right. Um, Is it normal to cry during sex? I felt a wave of emotions take over and I was bawling my eyes out. Yes, I have heard of this as well. Yeah. What? I've never heard of that. It's all other questions. Yes, I've heard of this. I have heard of this where... And I don't know what the context is here, so I'm curious to know what the context is. But one, it could happen because you're not happy about what's going on. So it could be like, 
a, a sense of either shame or a sense of just like I'm not happy with this partner and so I'm crying because I'm doing something physically but my emotional is not matching and that I can't I can't deny that and so we cry but the other part is like you really liked it you really enjoyed it you even out like that outer body experience outer body experience and you finished and you're like oh my god that it brings like little joy. tears <laughs> yeah of joy to to your eyes you know and, and that definitely does happen and so that's perfectly normal i would just say if it's if it's constantly happening where but it's like Depending what type of cry it is. Is it a cry of overwhelming emotion or is it cry because you're upset that it happened? Right. Like, like what's when, going on? Yeah. And, and if you don't know, get to know, you know, like go back to like, how did this happen this one time? Has it happened before? Has it happened with different partners? Is it only with this partner? Where, like, what was going on in my head? Was where trigger? was I at? Mm-hmm. Sex drive. So, what if your sex drive has declined significantly with your partner, but he's obsessed with you? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to reciprocate that energy. Well, first of all, I love that he's obsessed with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it would be more of like, okay, what is happening for you? And and I don't want you to think like, oh my god, I have such a big problem, and and I don't know what. Like, let's not get down on ourselves, right? That's the last thing we need. To criticize ourselves or to be like, oh my God, what's happening? Why am I like this? Blah, blah, blah. We don't want to go to that shame. Um, and so I would say, what has changed? Were, was it always like this? Is it problems? Is it something going on in the relationship that has turned you off? Right? Is it just external? There's other context that we need to look at, right? Lifestyle changes. Um, people don't realize like. If we move, if we now have a child, right? If we, um, now our partner's working more, we're working more. Uh, whatever changes happen do affect and they trickle down to other areas such as sex and, and our, you know, our libido. And so I would ask, like, what has changed? What has changed in the relationship? What has changed for you? Maybe you're looking, maybe we're looking at the relationship in a different way now. Or maybe there's other things that we feel like, I'm just not connected to that sexual self anymore. Why is that? Right? I work with a lot of women who are like, I'm just like, I haven't had sex in a long time. Or or we get used to the idea of like not having sex. And it's just like, I'm just tired. And it's not a priority. And so how do we start making a priority? So your your partner's obsessed with you and you're like, want to reciprocate that. And so start to find a way to start to feel a little bit more of your sexual self, right? And there's so many ways to do this. Like, even if you're like, you know, wearing lingerie, you know, our partners don't, some good partners don't even care. They just want to see you naked, right? <laughs> but but it's more for you, like, to get you there. Yeah, do, do, um, do I want to do my hair? Do I want to do my makeup? Do I want to start getting ready to feel sexy, right? It's not just lingerie, it's other things as well. Um, and my mom now, right postpartum changes you like having a baby completely changes your body it changes your energy levels there's so many things to think about a whole other life to think about that sex takes it's on the back burner and so if that's not the case i would figure out what has changed right or were you was it always this way or what's going on in my mind like what are the things like when i think about sex when my partner brings up sex why am I cringing? Why am I avoiding? What is it? And a lot of times people tell me, 
I just don't feel good about my body. I've gained a lot of weight. Internal. Yeah. I, or even not. Like, I just gained a lot of weight. I'm not, I'm, I don't feel good about my body. Um, or last time we had sex, this happened. Or they told me this. Or I didn't feel good. Or whatever it might be. Just gotta figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. <clears throat> How to deal with a partner who has low libido but mm. still masturbates. Mm. And we mentioned this earlier, right? Like, if you're, they're constantly masturbating... It can be really hard to, like, then be ready when actual, like, intimacy with you happens. And so I would probably ask, like, how frequently they're doing it. And I would also ask, like, you know, how are they, like, what are they doing? Are they watching pornography? Like, when they when they search a pornography, what are they, ser- what are they searching? Like, figure out what they like. What is turning them on? And it's, like... That communicating, right? And it's like, that communicating, but it's also like knowing what the other person is into, what turns them on, what do they, what do they like? And like I said, it's so easy to, for people, for some people, to be masturbating and watching porn or 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 doing that self pleasure because it's it's less intimidating. I mean, the person that you're looking at, like they're not talking to you, right? They're not. They're not judging whatever. You they're like. not judging whatever you like. They don't even know you, but your partner. They know you, they see you, and they it's just so much more going on in the relationship than just sex. And so it can be really hard for them to like transfer over that. And so I would ask your partner, like, how many how often are you masturbating? Can we hold off and transfer that between us? Transfer that sexual energy to me. And and what's happening like when when uh, you come to me and you know or we come to each other and you're not wanting to be in the mood like what's going on there what's happening for them sometimes people are really scared of their performance so i will be curious about that is birth control in the long run bad for your physical or mental health Mm, okay well i'm not a doctor (laughs) (laughs) i'm not a doctor um and i and i would just come from a place of like personally not as a professional i will come personally i think it's really a personal preference of like you um i personally had went off birth control because i felt like same my <laughs> my skin was breaking out really bad and the doctors told me like oh no it doesn't and everybody would tell you it doesn't but i did the experiment where i took it off and i feel like okay yes i break out more towards my menstrual cycle but not like before no it's like my experience was the same um Mm -hmm. for me they put me on birth control to control my acne Mm -hmm. didn't control it uh yes but once i got off of it it was crazy Mm -hmm. it it was all over the place i also um tried different birth controls yeah i tried like low estrogen Mm -hmm. and didn't like how it made me feel i got really depressed on it and i think everybody has different experiences i've had friends who had the iud installed (laughs) and Mm -hmm. um they gain weight or they lost yeah. weight or they didn't feel themselves it i think it's just depends on the person i agree there's people like i remember my mom sharing with me that she's never had any issues with birth control when she was on birth control mm-hmm. when i was yeah. little i remember i used to see her pills and i'm like what is this <laughs> but she said she never had issues and for me my body's sensitive to everything so yeah. i'm i'm afraid to try anything so there's yeah. also like natural ways to track mm-hmm. your cycle there's Absolutely. like those thermometers oh, there's, yeah. there's a bunch of different stuff so just we thankfully we have google right <laughs> and be okay with making an appointment if you have questions and you don't feel comfortable talking to anybody about it 
and you do your Google research and mm-hmm. talk to a doctor. I've gone to the doctors and I've, I mean, sometimes they, they don't really explain stuff, but you really have to advocate for yourself. Cause yeah, like, I explain it to me. Yeah. Like I've gone to the doctors where I'm like, Hey, like, you know, I'm hitting 30 something. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to make sure everything's healthy down there. Right. And there's been a lot of times where they don't want to do pap smears. Oh, pap smears unless really? unless like you've had an abnormal one but you force them you, mm-hmm. you have insurance if you have insurance there's also yeah. a lot of free free um health oh, yeah. for, for sexual health yes absolutely but it is important to like it just depends on you i mean there's a lot of people who say like it works for them and obviously you know it protects against getting like pregnant but also we have to think about like it's not going to be preventative for stds so like using a condom is very important um, in those cases as well. So we got to think about that too. But birth control, I believe in the right to say like, I want to use birth control or don't. So it's your prefer- personal preference. But I've been reading this book. Well, I read it already. This book called In the Flow. And it talks about the phases of your menstrual cycle. And she t- talks about birth control um, in a way that's like sometimes... You know, you get, you get missed periods and stuff like that. And so, again, I'm not talking as a medical professional. I am not. It's just from it's personal just just from experience. Uh-huh. And personal experience. It's, um yeah, it could affect your hormones, right? And so, if we know anything about our hormones, like, it's going to affect our mood. Uh, but it really is it's just about unique to you. Like, how is it going to affect your personal body? And there's people, right, like you mentioned, that it was completely fine for them. And I think that's great. And so... You can try it out. I would say you can always try it out. See if it works for you. See how it makes you feel. Do it consistently enough to see the results. And if it's okay for you, then great. And if not, if you don't feel comfortable, change it. There's so many different types. There's so many different brands. Yes. But please protect yourself. Yes. (laughs) Um, How to talk to teenagers about sex and keep open communication about it. Mm. This is a good one. That is a good one because... Oh man, teenage that teenager phase, like they have so much attitude. It's a very uncomfortable phase because they're growing like the guys are growing like facial hair, right? Changing voices. Changing voices. Girls are getting, getting their taller. Period. Girls are getting their period. Um their boobs are coming in, right? They're getting bigger, their hips, you know, all of that like is it's getting bigger and so it can be so uncomfortable. But the number one thing that I can say about talking to kids, especially teenagers, about sex is Figuring out how you feel about it first. Because if you're uncomfortable, they're going to be uncomfortable. And they might be uncomfortable you're talking to even if you're confident. But we have to be careful that we're not shaming and we're not talking about it in a way that's like, oh my God, that's so disgusting. Like, you want to be open to them about it. You want to give them the facts. Because they're if not, they're going to go with their friends and they're going to try to figure it out. And I'd rather they go on the internet. Yeah, or go on the internet. They're going to get the misinformation. That's not going to be good. So how do you talk to them about it? Check yourself first. Make sure, like, you feel comfortable talking about it. Make sure you check your own biases and your own, like, uh, self-shame surrounding sex. Like, how how did you learn about sex? And what messages did you get about sex? And is that something that we want to put on to our kids? And so reminding them that what happens with their body right like for boys erections right discharge all these different things that that is normal we are human beings and it's going to happen and I actually did a training right so I went through the sexual health school with Dr. Brito and um, one of the trainings was talking about like the lifespan 
and and the trainer was talking about how she has a 14 year old son and i thought it was so cool and she was talking about how like she knows she knew and she's kind of called like he was going to be masturbating and she's like i wasn't gonna like that wasn't the right time to be talking about it he's busy i'm gonna like do my thing and i will tell him like hey you know i noticed that you were doing that and stuff like that like i noticed that you were doing that so of course you're gonna be curious about your body totally okay um i totally get that um we want to do it in private and so we want to emphasize consent and privacy to where this is you know masturbation is not something we do in public it's going to be something that we do in private so if you want to do that make sure you have this make sure you have some a towel make sure you get some lubricant whatever and i know that sounds like whoa yeah, what? we didn't have conversations like no, that no we didn't no we Could didn't you imagine your mom telling you that oh my god all i remember my mom telling me was like don't Use get a pregnant. condom, don't get pregnant. <laughs> but she wouldn't actually talk to me about sex. But I mean, she didn't know much either, right? And so so it was really hard for her to talk about it too. But I don't think she was too shy about it. But we, she just wouldn't really bring it up. It's just something that we weren't used to talking We're about. We're not used to it. But that's why we want to be a different type of generation. Normalize. Parents. We normalize. And we're not going to be like, oh my God, yeah, I'm rooting you on for doing that. It's like, you don't have to do all that. <laughs> there's friends, There's parents like yeah, that. Yeah, there is. But like, you don't have to do all that. But you can just say like that. Like normalize it for them. Like, yeah, of course, like your body's going to be coming out. Like, like you know, people, you're going to get... um people noticing your body more especially for women like oh my gosh when i developed my boobs for oh, it. i remember girl you, you were early oh my god bird. i was that early word i remember and it was it was kind of like like as a friend like i would feel bad yeah. because <laughs> there were so many like men who were so vulgar towards you mm-hmm. sixth grade yes right so we're believe. like what i'm like 11 yeah oh, i goodness. couldn't believe when they would tell you some stuff and i'd be like oh my god, I feel so bad for her, but I didn't know how to comfort her. I know. I was like, I don't know. And I was just like, oh my god, I just want to wear my sweater. Because like, cover us, you know? But I see, that's why I think I was very like, um, I, I was very much not interested in sex. In, in terms of like, I don't see anybody that I feel wants me more than for my body. And so I'm not even gonna go there. And so like, when I would talk to guys and stuff like that, like going into high school, um, I would talk to guys and stuff like that. And I knew, like, this is, obviously, you're a teenager. That's what you're going to want. You're going to want to feel that pleasure. You're going to want yeah. that, right? So I get it. But, like, I wasn't in that place. I was like, I don't want to just have sex with you. I don't want to just do those things. And I want an emotional connection. I do. But also, I, I was very afraid to have the emotional yeah. connection. And so when you're a teenager, there's so many things going on for you. You're trying to figure out life, right? You're trying to, your friends are everything. Like, they're a priority. And then these things are happening to your body and you're getting different attention. And so talking to your kids about, like, your, these things are going to be happening. How can we navigate that, right? Setting boundaries, consent. Consent, consent, consent. I teach my kids consent from when they were little, from when they were babies. I'm gonna change your diaper now. Is that okay? Like, and people are gonna say like that's extreme, but I'm I'm just gonna say like if they're gonna learn that and take that on with them, oh, yeah. then that's gonna be the best thing because they have to know that everybody has access to them, and I don't need to give my body to feel love, right? And that was something that I'm like I was I need to teach them. I was like important. yes. 
And so the attention that you get, you know, you're going to be like the Barbie movie, right? Uh, have you seen the Barbie movie? I haven't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you got to watch it. Yeah. So in the Barbie movie, like she goes into like the real world and like now she's being objectified, her body and like somebody like slaps her butt and everything. And it's like, what? She's like, what? Like I'm out of my perfect Barbie world. But that is the reality. And so we need to talk to our teens, the, you know, to be gentlemen, to be, um, respectful right and for the girls to be like yeah guys are going to look at you a certain way or other girls are going to be looking at you a certain way um they're going to want to touch you they're going to want to do this but it's like it's up to you to decide if that's something that i want to explore or not and you have to be uh, okay and comfortable having those conversations because when something happens with your teenager or your child or if something happens that was uncomfortable for them you want them to come to you and not to their friends or to somebody else. So check with yourself. Check in with yourself. Am I uncomfortable with this? Do not shame them. They're going to have questions about their erections and all of that. And so, and what I see is like a lot too is like the women will say like, oh, well, um, if you have a, a male partner, like, oh, well, the son, yes. the son talks to the, you know, the dad talks to the son. And like, you can do that also. But I think it's a, if you if you have you know if you have a partner um you can do that as a united front because you so know that way they could feel comfortable going to any parent absolutely they could go comfortable but some people don't have that luxury some people are single parents so i totally get that too so you do your best to explain and maybe find books even i'm really big on books yeah. um i just bought my daughter one about like self-hygiene self-care taking care of herself um taking care of her body and what that looks like and just being able to say like okay this is appropriate and if you want to parenting classes sometimes there's parenting classes that can help you see what's appropriate for their age and what's not um and so that could be very helpful as well i think we covered yeah. like everything because all the other questions are like a, um like the repetitive stuff okay. that we did that sounds good so i want to thank chantelle so much for coming thank on you. and for working with my messness uh, please. <laughs> um can't wait to have her back again and now we have a little setup going I know, so at her best. office but next time i'll be <laughs> thank you so much for coming on where can people find you chantelle so i'm at chantelle.lmft that's my ig handle um i also have my my website linked on there to, in my bio um so you can find me on instagram that's pretty much the, and the she'll social definitely media be back so thank you so much thank you thank bye you guys so hope bye. you have a good week